Well, I want to wish everybody a good morning, and I'm going to do my uh, Easter message today. And, you know, it really seems kind of difficult coming up here and looking out at a bunch of empty pews and, and doing an Easter message. But I guess as long as Jesus Christ is in your heart, what Easter means and how you worship him, you know, we don't have to be in this building. We are the church. And when you worship Jesus in your heart, his death, his burial, his resurrection, that's what it's all about. You do not have to be in this building to do it. It's just nice to, to, to be able to do it in the building with, with like believers in Jesus Christ. And uh, <clears throat> so, but anyway, I've titled my message this morning, How Do We Know Jesus Rose from the Grave? How do we know this? How do we know that Jesus actually really rose from the grave? But before we answer this question, I got another, I've got a question that I want to ask you. So let me ask you something. How do we know that the Titanic ship really sank? Have you, we probably hadn't thought about something like this, but it makes so much sense because this is really how we know that Jesus Christ is alive today. It said the Titanic sank in the Atlantic Ocean on April the 15th, 1912. That was 108 years ago. But how do we know for sure that that Titanic really sank? No one alive today was there when it happened. So, does that mean it never happened? Do we have to go to the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean to see if it's really there and see with our own eyes before we would believe it? There were approximately 1,500 passengers who drowned on the Titanic that day that it sank. But also there were 700 passengers that survived that tragedy. Those survivors were eyewitnesses to the accident and what happened? And the newspaper recorded their comments about what they saw and how everything happened. No one living today even questions whether or not the Titanic sank. Well, they're questioning, you know, like Jesus, but why aren't they questioning the Titanic? Because we have the documented records of the eyewitness reports that saw and went through what happened on that Titanic ship. Now I want to ask you this question. How do we really know for sure Jesus rose from the dead? Just like we know about the Titanic because of the eyewitness reports. Here in 1 Corinthians 15, 8, Paul tells us something. He says, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And that he was seen as Cephas, which was Peter, then of the twelve apostles. After that, he was seen of more than 500 brethren, or, or, or Christians that believed in Jesus, they knew him. And they all saw him at one time. Of whom the greater part remain unto the present. That means he is saying that these people are still alive. That's what Paul was telling them. 
But some have fallen asleep or otherwise some have died. And after that, he was seen of James and then of, the, of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me, Paul, also as one born out of due time. You know, he didn't, it, it, when I was studying this, we know too that didn't, this, this didn't say anything about Mary Magdalene. But you know, that was the first lady at the grave that morning. And she saw Jesus. She thought he was a gardener. She didn't know who he was. But then she recognized who he was. And she went and told all the other disciples that he is alive. But you know, there's more proof. The disciples were so convinced of Jesus' resurrection that they were willing to die for and most of them did, all but one. And that one disciple that lived to be of old age was John. You know, every one of them died. They died a horrible death, but John lived because God had another plan for John. John was to write the book of Revelations before John died. And so John was spared, but God made sure that nothing happened to John until that book of Revelations was, was written for us to know what is coming, to what is going to happen. And you know, we, it would do us well to take heed of what Revelation tells us because it's all coming to pass. It's breaking down right before our eyes today. It says, uh, and the disciples, you know, they were threatened with death. They were told that if you don't deny this Jesus, that he rose again, we are going to put you to death. You know, they were threatened with death. And if they would change their story and say that Christ had not risen, but they, but they would not deny Christ's resurrection. They knew that Jesus, through death and resurrection, they also would be resurrected into eternal life. They were so convinced that Jesus of Jesus' resurrection that nothing, nothing whatsoever could change their minds, not even torture and death. And they were very severely tortured, but they remained faithful to their witness of Jesus' resurrection. Now, we've got to stop and think about something. Why would anybody die for a lie? If they had known that Jesus truly had not risen, they would have took the Romans' offer and been released. But they knew that Jesus died and they was not going to deny him. You know, Peter at one time, he, he denied Jesus, said, I do not know that man. I do not know who, who, he, who he is. And Peter regretted that from then on. Of course, Jesus forgave him. And, and, and Peter went on to be one of the most boldest of all disciples in his witness of Jesus. And uh, I think the disciples also, I, I think, you know, they were with Jesus when Lazarus, you know, had died. And they were going to go uh, see Mary and Martha. But the disciples remembered something that Jesus had told Mary and Martha before he raised Lazarus from the dead. In John chapter 11, verses 25 through 26, listen to what this says. 
And Jesus said unto Martha, you know, this, now this, Jesus, I'm going to stop just a second. Jesus had asked Martha, do you believe that your brother can live again? And Martha said, oh yes, in the last days he will be resurrected. And then this is what Jesus says to Martha. Jesus said unto Martha in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus himself is the resurrection. Jesus is the one that resurrects our body. He gives us that eternal life. And he that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. You know what this is saying? Only a personal trust in Jesus can raise one from the dead. For there is no resurrection or eternal life that exists without faith in the Son of God and believing that he is alive today. And then here in verse 26, it said, And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Wow, that's a great promise. And I just wondering there, as I was reading these things, I, said, I just thought, what greater promise could Jesus make than to offer you eternal life? That was his, that was his love for you. The greatest gift God gave to man was his son. And it's only through Jesus that we can have eternal life. It is Jesus who activates that life. It's Jesus who activates that life in us. And then right at the end, I have to ask you this, is what Jesus said, said to Martha when he was talking about this, that he, you know, when he said, and Jesus said unto Martha, I am the resurrection and the life, and he that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Then right at the very end, Jesus says something to Martha. And I think he's saying this to all of us. Do you believe this? Do you believe what I have just said? All of this and all of the witness should be proof for us that Jesus died for our sins, then was buried, and on that third day he rose from the grave to never die again. They said Jesus was the first fruits. You know what that meant? It meant that Jesus was the first man to die and then never have to die again. All the bodies and everybody that Jesus had raised before, even Lazarus, as we was talking about a while ago, do y'all realize Lazarus had to die again? Lazarus died twice. And Jesus was the first fruits. He died that one time, never ever to die again. That's what eternal life really is. We will never die again, but we will have we'll have life for all eternity. And I think that, that with everything going on, a lot of people are asking a question. They've never really thought too much on Jesus Christ until this coronavirus and all this stuff started happening and all the deaths taking place. People are beginning to open up their eyes. They're beginning to look. Maybe some of them are even saying, hey, I believe there is something to this Bible stuff. The more I hear, the more it lines up with what the Bible tells us. We look over in Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24 is beginning to come alive to us today when Jesus is explaining the things to look for, the things that are going to happen just before Jesus comes back. Now you notice that, 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 that uh, Jesus said, 
Now this is not the end, but it is close. I believe that myself. I believe we are getting so close to the end times that it's time for Jesus to come back. And many people are asking because they don't know. They haven't been in church. They haven't read the Bible. Nobody's witness to them. But many of them are asking, what do I need to do to come to Jesus and receive eternal life in heaven with the Lord? They are really beginning to think about it. And for anybody that's listening today, I want to give you three scriptures of how to be saved and what we have to do. And, I, and, and most of y'all that, that are listening to this, you've heard them, and you probably know where I'm going with this. The first two is Romans 10, 9, and 10. Listen to what it says. It says, that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. It means you shall have eternal life. You shall have eternal life in heaven with Jesus Christ and Father God. It says for here in verse 10, it says, For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I think we really need to stop and think about that. For with the heart. We have to believe in Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection in our heart. Not in our head just because somebody told you that. But you have to feel Jesus in your heart. Know that he lives and that he's alive today sitting at the right hand of God in heaven interceding for you to the Father. No, Jesus is alive today. He's in heaven. He's sitting next to the Father right now. And then one of these days... The father is going to look over at his son and say, Son, go bring my church home. He's, that will be the rapture. That is when Jesus is going to come back and he is going to take the church off of this earth into heaven where we will be with Jesus forevermore. And this last verse that I want to read is very, very simple, but it just pretty well sums up everything. Romans 10, 13. It says, for whomsoever, whoever you call, I don't care where you've been, what you've done, if you've repented of it, you're forgiven, you're saved. It says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord and ask the Lord Jesus in your heart to forgive you and believe it in your heart, you shall be saved. What does saved mean? Saved means to be born again. What does born again mean? Born again is what Jesus told Nicodemus he had to be. It's like that we're starting all over again. All that stuff. Look at uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, whosoever is in Jesus Christ, whoever has accepted Jesus Christ, you are now a brand new creature. You're a brand new creation. All the old stuff in your life has passed away. It's not there anymore. God doesn't see it anymore. It's all gone. And you begin a new life with God. This is God's grace. This is God's gift to us. I hope today, if you have never accepted Jesus Christ, that you will take what we have said today, the proof that Jesus still lives, that Jesus did die, was buried, was resurrected. This is one of the greatest proofs there is. He was seen by so many people. Why can we not believe it? Why can we believe the Titanic sank when 700 people saw it and they gave witness? 
But there was over 500 at one time, all the apostles. There was Mary Magdalene. There was a number of people that are witnesses to Jesus Christ's resurrection. Yeah, but that was so far back. Yes, but it's documented. It's recorded. And you know, there is nothing that is recorded and put in the Bible that God did not want in that Bible. The Holy Spirit came upon those who were writing that Bible and dictated to them what God wanted them to write. Yes, the Bible is total truth. You can believe what God has said. <clears throat> so I just pray today that you will accept Jesus Christ into your heart, believe upon Him, and have eternal life. Let me pray with you today, if you would. Lord Jesus, I know that uh, this Sunday we celebrate your resurrection. But you know, Jesus, we should celebrate that resurrection every day. And what you have done for, for us, how you have saved us, how, he, how you have pulled us out of the depths of a burning hell. Lord, your love is so strong and so mighty. Lord, you hear us when we come to you. You said, call upon me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you did not know. Lord, you love us so much that you hear us, you listen to us, you show us the things that we need. Lord, I'm asking you to reach your hand down now <clears throat> and touch anybody, Lord, that does not know you and draw them to you. Give them that eternal life. Give them all your love. Let them feel that love and let them rejoice forevermore. You know, there's a, you know, your servant, Billy Graham, who's now with you, he once said, I never knew of a man who accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior and then regretted it. No, you will never regret accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You will have eternal life. You will feel love. You'll feel things that you've never felt before. So Lord, I'm thanking you right now for your presence, for what you're going to do, how you're going to turn things around in this world. And Lord, it open up men's eyes to see you. Lord, thank you for everything that you do and what you're going to do. Even though we don't understand everything, but Lord, you, you do, and you know what's going on. So Lord, thank you again. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy and all your goodness. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.